It's interesting that God calls us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and yet they've never known peace. And what those of us that are Christians believe that when we pray for peace, it's just not militarily or politically. We believe that the nation of Israel itself, until they come to discover that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures, they're never going to have peace in their hearts. So each and every day, you and I as believers should be praying diligently for the nation of Israel. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. Now we're going to look at Psalm 122. In this psalm, it talks about the city of Jerusalem, and I believe, I believe this, that every person in this room, you have an eternal link, an eternal connection, whether you realize it or not, to the city of Jerusalem. I'm going to show you that connection as we go through this message. If you have your Bible, you can look in your Bible in Psalm 122. You can skip down and look at verse 6 because it's in that verse where God commands us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now, I want you to write this down as we begin. Psalm chapter 48, verse 1 and 2, and I've put the verse on the screen, Jerusalem is referred to as the city of who? Now, I want you to think about that. It's called the city of God. It is a holy city. It is, it is God's city. So they had history. They had the promises given to Abraham. They had a heritage. They could look back and see this connection with the land of Israel. But I had a second thing. Write this down. This is, this is just as important. They had this thing called the Holy of Holies. In Jerusalem, in the city of God, in the land of God, the people of God who worship God, they had the presence of God. Inside this room called the Holy of Holies. What is the Holy of Holies? Well, of all the holy places, it was the Holy of Holies. And so what I want you to know that in their mind, the people who lived in the days of where the book of Psalms were written, they knew that the city of Jerusalem was the city of God. They knew that it was a holy city. In fact, if you read this, Psalm 122 is what's called the songs of the ascent, not the songs of descent. It's the psalm that the nation of Israel, when they, when they traveled to Israel, they would, they would quote this over and over again. Now, if you have all that in your mind, I want to read through this text, beginning with verse 1. We're going to read through Psalm 122, verse 1. First, he says, I rejoiced. Everybody say rejoice. Notice what it says. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the 
Whose house is it? It's not mine, it's not yours. It's the Lord's house. And the psalmist said, I rejoiced with those who said, let's go. This says, this says, I rejoice when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. I, don't, I just want to say this. Anytime you come to church and there's going to be people worshiping God and you're going to hear a sermon from the Word of God, you ought to be excited and rejoicing and celebrating as you even walk in here. You ought to be rejoicing. Verse 2. Verse 2, he says, our feet are standing in your gates. Oh, Jerusalem. And the psalmist says in verse 3, Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. Verse 4, this is where the tribes go up. What are the, who are the tribes? Those are the 12 tribes of Israel. They had 12 tribes that settled over the land. And again, three times a year, they had to make their way to Jerusalem. And it says this is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord And what do they do? They praise the name of the Lord according to the statue given to Israel. Now here it is, verse number 6. There it is. Pray for the peace of who? Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. Verse 7 says, may there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the entire 3,500 years where God called Abraham to go to the land, it has always been a place of turmoil. Israel was reestablished as a nation. Remember, it was destroyed in 80 and 70 A.D. Jesus predicted that it would be destroyed, and it was utterly destroyed by the Romans in A.D. 70. And for almost 2,000 years, Israel did not have a homeland. And then in 1948, it was reestablished as a nation. And since 1948, they've gone through seven wars. They've had two rebellions. Some 4,000 citizens have died in terrorist attacks. You have the nation Iran directly to the north. The leader of Iran has called for the complete annihilation of the nation of Israel. While you sit here comfortably... Here in the United States of America, really without threat, you have, you have freedom. Israel lives every single day of its existence surrounded by the Arab world. And many of those leaders have called for the complete annihilation. Just a few weeks ago in front of the United Nations, the leader of Iran stood and spoke against the nation of Israel. And the their, people that were there representing the United States of America got up and walked out while he was speaking. Because he was calling for the complete annihilation. It's interesting that God calls us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and yet they've never known peace. And what those of us that are Christians believe that when we pray for peace, it's just not militarily or politically. We believe that the nation of Israel itself, until they come to discover that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures, they're never going to have peace in their hearts. So each and every day, you and I as believers should be praying diligently for the nation of Israel. Verse 89, for the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Genesis 12, 3 says that God will bless those who bless you, and God will curse those who curse you. 
And if we stand with Israel, if we stand and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, according to the Bible, that God will bring blessing into our life. Now today we are extremely blessed because in God's sovereignty, he has allowed my path to cross the path with a Jewish man named Ron LaPaz, who is a cantor of a Jewish synagogue here in the San Fernando Valley. Now, he's a cantor. He leads this synagogue called the Valley Outreach Synagogue. And he's here today, and I want you to welcome him as he comes up to our stage. Would you welcome cantor Ron LaPaz? God bless you, brother. Thank you so much for coming. Now, I, I wanted you to meet this brother because uh, we've had the privilege of uh, spending some time together. And I believe one time you had me come speak to the synagogue. You remember that? And uh, those people were all in shock. No, no, no. Uh, um, you remember that? I still have a job. <laughs> that's good. That's good. First of all, I want you to tell our church what it means that you're a cantor. And, and I think you told me uh, that in six months you'll become a full-fledged rabbi. But what, is it, what does it mean to be a cantor, and how, how, did you become a, how are you becoming a rabbi? It's a perfect day to speak about being a cantor because psalms are about music. A psalm is a song, whether it's a song of ascent, a song of David. So we sing. Our tradition has always been to sing, not merely to speak or to whisper our prayers, but to sing them, to elevate them. Think of the Levite high priest, the chorus that would greet people as they marched toward Jerusalem, as they made a song of ascent, their voices joining with the instruments, the harps, the lyres of Jerusalem. So the tradition has been that we would have what's called in Hebrew a shaliach tzibur, which means a representative of the people. And I have that gift in my life to be a representative of people. And the tradition is that people would come to pray, and they wouldn't always have the text before we had printed prayer books. Or in days of Aramaic, they couldn't necessarily speak correctly the Hebrew text. So they would elect one person to be their prayer, the one who would raise the prayers of, of praise to God. And that was the role of the cantor. And, and, and that's what you do. You lead worship in your church, but you're also on this path to become a rabbi. And, and can you explain what, what, what that means and what that process is like? It's, God willing, in six months I'll be a rabbi. And a rabbi is a teacher. Rabbi in Hebrew means my teacher. It's a personal relationship that we have with our teachers. And what it means for me is to do more than sing. It means to speak and sing and teach. And as you would say, to minister to the needs of my community that I've done for years. But now, in a sense, it's to deepen that relationship. I decided to, in a sense, upgrade from cantor to rabbi in my mind. And congregants asked me, why? Why would you do all these years of studying, raising a family in a large community? And the reason was I wanted to deepen my relationship with God. I wanted to deepen my understanding of text. I wanted to deepen my understanding of who I am. And that's what I want to teach my kids. I want my kids to see that in any age of life, we can deepen. We can deepen who we are. We can enrich what we can do in this world. And, and, and some of you don't know this, but uh, our church hosts uh, Cantor Ron LaPaz and his congregation, the synagogue, the Valley Outreach Synagogue, 
on the high holy days. We invite them here, and they use our facility for the high holy days. Would you tell Shepherd a little bit about your synagogue? The synagogue has outreach at its center. Usually a synagogue has a name, Beth David, Beth Shalom, but ours has a different name. It's about English understanding. It's about access. It's about bringing, bringing people through the doors. I think that you and I have emblems of our faith, but maybe there's another emblem which is about what we do in our faith, which is a little man or a big man breaking down doorways, creating doorways where there are walls. And I think that's what I try to do and what you clearly do, which is to create access to people. That's what outreach is. So the synagogue prays once a year. Actually, Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, we are in your sanctuary, thanks to you. The holiest day of the year when we fast on that day of atonement, I stand here where your pastor stands. And I lead my community here singing together, everybody holding one another and singing praise to God. And during the days between those holy days, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, we pray. And throughout the year, we have services of the Sabbath, of barn bat mitzvahs for our children, bringing them from childhood into their maturity, into adulthood, a relationship with God as adults. And we have celebration and learning throughout the year. And you, you have like 2,000 people. It's one of the fastest growing synagogues in Los Angeles, correct? It is. It is. And you were born in Israel. I was born in Israel in Haifa. And if you know Haifa, it's a mountaintop city. In fact, the hospital where I was, where I was born overlooked the Mediterranean. It wasn't the city on top of the mountain, Jerusalem, on Mount Moriah, but it was and is a beautiful city in the north. And, and the reason I wanted you to come to, today is because I want you to share with our people from your vantage point, I've tried to do it from my vantage point, why we as Christians, as Gentiles, and uh, we have Jewish believers here, but why should we as a church pray as Psalm 122 verse 6 where God encourages us to pray for the city of Jerusalem. I want, to, I want you to take a moment and to explain to us in your words why we should be doing that. I'll tell you why I paused. I paused because this good man asked me that question. You see, Jerusalem is where my heart is. I think we have a capital called Washington, D.C., where legislators tell us how to drive and how to live in this land, where we should stop and where we should go. But we, every one of us who believes in God, Jews and Christians alike, have a capital of our hearts and our spirits, and that isn't Washington, and it isn't Sacramento, it's Jerusalem. And what unites us throughout the world, the reason that you and I sit and have this conversation is because we realize what we share are those values that we speak with one another, whether it's over lunch or sitting here from our hearts, and our hearts always bring us to that place. I remember asking Dudley once, this wonderful pastor, we were sitting and I said, what's the holiest place on earth to you? And I thought maybe he'd say, judging by his height, I didn't know him then, it's the center of a basketball court. (laughs) Or then when I found out where his church is, it's Granada Hills, California, but he didn't say that. He said, it's at the wall in Jerusalem. That's the holiest place on earth. And I remember your expression when you said it. And when you said earlier that when you step foot on the old cobbled streets, thousands of years old of Jerusalem, there's a sense of awe. That's what that is. It's realizing it isn't awe because it's historical, because we can go all over the world for history. It's awe at the fact that this is holy that there's a holy of holies within a holy city in the only holy land in the world. 
So that ultimately when we Jews pray, when we bow our heads before God, we don't do it toward the north or the south or the west. We always do it toward Jerusalem, in this case to the east. Why we should pray together for Jerusalem as Jews and as Christians is because if we take our text seriously, every patriarch was leading us toward Jerusalem. Every step they made on that desert journey was toward Jerusalem. Not even a land, but a city in a land. When Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, it was on Mount Moriah. They say that Mount Moriah is the exact place that you spoke of, the Temple Mount. So imagine what it is to stand there. Imagine what it is to realize that when we read Scripture, when we read texts as Jews and as Christians, we're reading not only about history but about the present. We're reading about a relationship with God and with one another, what it can be. When you ask me, Dudley, why should we pray for Israel, one of the reasons that I'm so moved by it is I wonder how many people are asking that. How many people in the world today, a world of such discord, of such disconnect, when people are praying for holy war against Israel, literally, within a week ago, the head of the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt, that powerful unit that's now controlling that large Muslim country in the Middle East, said now is the time for all Muslims to join in a jihad, a holy war for Jerusalem. When you spoke about Iran, I imagine King David who wrote these psalms and said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Not you who are in Jerusalem with me in that century, but one day you'll need to pray. And one day you'll need to pray with more than your voices. Your hearts are going to have to connect with your tongues. And your hands and your feet are going to have to connect with your mind so that when you pray, it isn't simply to ask to God, will you please bring peace to Jerusalem? It's the realization that we have to do it in partnership with God. That God gave us potential and purpose. Otherwise, I wouldn't have hands in this world. I would simply have a mouth to ask God to do the good work that needs to be done. But the tradition says that if we have hands, it's to join them with one another. You know, I teach my kids, you can use your hand like this, and you can use your hands like this. It's choice. And why do I teach them a tradition, a biblical tradition? To show them the merits of this, of reaching across to one another, of realizing what it is to have love and faith, of sharing values, and realizing that what we can do isn't simply to pray with our hearts, but to pray as a great rabbi said, Abraham Joshua Heschel, when he marched, in solidarity with Martin Luther King to Selma, Alabama. And a reporter asked the rabbi after the march, so what did you do? What was it like? Did you pray? And he said, we prayed with our feet. Mm. And I think that's what we're about. Amen. Brother, uh, I've heard you sing, and as a cantor, because I can't, I'm not a worship leader. Um, Because if I was leading worship, there'd be about 10 people here right now. But I really would like to have you uh, sing a song and, uh, and, to, and, and, and to canter, to sing, to lead us in worship. And you are going to be amazed by his voice, uh, but more importantly than his voice is his heart and his love for Israel, his love for us, uh, his love for the things of God. So would you please uh, welcome Cantor Ron LaPaz as he's going <laughs> to sing for us today. I'll sing a song. It's not a prayer, but a song. And it's about Jerusalem, that city of gold. It's called Yerushalayim in Hebrew, Shel Zahav. Avir harim tzalul kayayim 
בריח אורני, נישא ברוח הארבעים עם כל ממוני. ובתרדמת אילן ואבן, שבויה בחלומה, העיר אשר בדל יושבת, ובליבה חומה. ירושלים של זהב, ושל נחושת ושל אור, הלא לכל שירייך אני כינור. ירושלים של זהב, ושל נחושת ושל אור, stand in silence upon the hills of time to hear the voices of the city as bells of evening chime the shofar sounding from the temple to call the world to prayer the shepherd pauses in the valley And peace is everywhere Jerusalem, Jerusalem Forever young, yet forever old My heart will sing your songs of glory Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem Forever young It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? 
struggling with prejudice, brokenhearted, anxious, or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. Hello, friends. My name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right. We're adding a fourth service starting May 5th. Worship service starts at 7 p.m., and it's for all ages, but we're going to have food trucks before the service. In the first few weeks, the food is going to be free. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend, or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays starting May 5th, at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. All information on dates, service times, and locations can be found on our website, shepherdchurch.com. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.